This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. You are listening to iFanboy's special edition podcast talking about Star Trek. Podcast from iFanboy.com, a site normally devoted to comic books, but we're gonna we're gonna sway into the science fiction, just slightly outside of our. There are Star Trek comics. There have been Star Trek comics. Yeah, it's valid. And, and there are lots of them. Yeah, things that are tangentially related. We just want to do it. Yes. Transformers. We talked about. We're gonna yeah. talk about GI yeah. Joe. Right. Why do we need to justify everything? We don't. We don't. We don't. Who I'm are just you? Saying. Listen. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm Ron Richards. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. And Star Trek has opened in theaters, and the the much ballyhooed, vaunted, awaited J.J. Uh, Abrams relaunching of the of the franchise. It's the controversial relaunch. It's the um, Star Trek for the masses as it's being billed. Yes, I like to see it as more of a Star Trek for a, another next generation. Yes. Yeah. Let's all before we get into it. Let's talk a about brief, our relationship uh, with Star Trek. Yes, yeah. a brief history of our relationship with Star Trek. Ron and I are probably the more Involved. As I was telling Josh earlier <laughs> over lunch, I was actually into Star Trek before I was into comics. I, my, my dad was a big fan in the 60s of the show, and uh, I used to watch it with him like in elementary school, early middle school, before right. I got into the comics thing. Right, and I'm always, I've been a big fan of the original series, the films, The Next Generation, Deep yeah. Space Nine. The early 70s animated series that was on Nickelodeon when we were I always thought a little, a little bit of that, yeah. yeah. So. I believe you two are nerdlingers. <laughs> I'm not a huge... Like I, I, I tried all the shows, but eventually... I'll, I'll make some confessions. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a couple of confessions. I used to own a, a shirt. I, 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 owned, I owned a beige captain. Uh, I owned one of those as well. I, I've been to Star Trek conventions. I've never been to Star Trek wow. conventions. I went to Nassau Coliseum to the Star Trek convention where Nimoy and Shatner spoke on stage together. Mm-hmm. It was like in 1987 or 80, it was like around there. It was right. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I was. I was very. I was pretty much neck deep into Star Trek up until the beginning of Deep Space Nine. That's when it kind of faded. Ironically, yes. that's when I started having sex. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if the two are related. Wow, or... I don't know if you've heard that. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never has a podcast gone off the rails so definitively. I don't know if they're directly lined up yearly, but I bet you they're close. <laughs> See, I continued to watch it through college. Yeah, I tried Voyager. I tried Enterprise. Yeah. I, they never really stuck. And no, I, I, I think always, I made it like five episodes in each show. I, I'm pretty sure every movie I've seen in the theater with my dad, though. I didn't yeah, finish yeah. Deep Space Nine either. I stopped yeah. in the middle of that, but I... Definitely yeah. wasn't and the probably sex. Probably got good towards the end. Yes, but, yeah, but so. I, uh, Josh, how about you? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna outpace us in our Star Trek fan. Oh yeah, hugely. Yeah. I may have seen some of the movies. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not entirely. sure. I have no Star Trek affinity. I have no history. I have no. I have no ire. Right. I have no. I have you're nothing. Just, you're different, like me and Bond. You're just, I'm just indifferent. I just don't care. Yeah, exactly. Um, Somewhere so in the box, I've got a. Remember they re-released the, the toys? Remember, oh, yeah. remember they had all those great toys and they went yeah. back into the original series toys? Yeah. Those were the best. Oh, God. I, I, I love Star Trek. I may. The fans <laughs> are... A weird. Well, listen, I've yeah. been to, around a lot of comic fans. I've been to a lot of comic conventions. Yeah. Star Trek fans outpace those people. Yeah, they do. They, yeah, the I'll Star be, Trek fans are... Fr- well, yeah, I mean, that, that was the thing. The first Star Trek convention was held in New York City in the 60s and, and they didn't expect it, but people showed up dressed up in costume and it freaked everybody out. <laughs> So really, really, the whole costuming thing starts with Star Trek. So and I also have well, a, that's not I have a whole any research. I have a whole section of books over there. They're dedicated to Shatner. Well, I have a couple yeah. of Shatner books over here, but I do have a lot of Star Trek books. Yeah, I like Star Trek. So, so you, why? you made it sound a little more casual than I believe it is. It's casual. Yeah. First, no, it's like, casual. Listen, I kind of like it. Then you're like. No, I would I've say the, the novels. I would say in the spectrum. No, in the spectrum, I read the novels. I totally read the novels. I would say in the spectrum, I'm probably a little more yes, yes. deeper than you are, yes. but but by no means is it. No, but my my yeah. nader crested. Did I just totally nail two wow. two things together? <laughs> um, like probably in late high school, yeah. probably when, and that was when the movies were just the, the original series movies were just ending, like six. Yeah. That was probably when the, the height of my Star Trek yeah, fandom. Yeah, I was all over Next Generation when that came out. No, I love Next Generation. Every Saturday seven on, uh, at, at 7 o'clock on but for me, 11. For oh. me, it's all about the, yeah. the original cast. Oh, yeah, the original, the original cast. Was, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because I used to, I mean, this is Tales of, Tales of Loserdom, but I used to, um, Saturday nights. Josh is edging out of the room as we speak. Saturday nights on <laughs> Long Island, asleep. Channel 21, yeah. which was a public, public TV station at WLIW, right. would stop broadcasting and they'd pick up the signal from WVIA in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right. And on, I'll never forget this. On a Saturday night at 10 o'clock, they would show two, back-to-back two original series episodes right. and a Next Generation series episode with no commercials. Nice. And the whole thing was sponsored by Caps Comic Cavalcade on Catasauqua Road in Allentown. Which because um, they played the bumpers in between every episode, and every Saturday I was home, me and my dad on the couch, and this is like sixth grade or so, so it was before I started like going out. But um, uh, and I watched, uh, must have watched the the whole all three seasons of the the first original series maybe mm-hmm. like three times, right. you know, two episodes a week. Right. You know, you flew through. It's not that many episodes. Yeah. yeah, no commercials. It was great. 80. It was awesome. It was Eighty awesome. episodes. Yeah. So. Says Josh, the one who doesn't know anything about. That was a good. That was, <laughs> was a good couple of years of my life. All right, so Star Trek effectively died. The yes. franchise, they <laughs> ran it into the ground. The last movie was a glorified episode. The last two movies were, were pretty yeah. bad. The yeah. last two series were pretty bad. Yeah. Dead in the water, but it's a huge property. It's still it's a big name brand. So Vermin drove it to the ground. Vermin That's drove it to the ground. So Paramount Berman. brought in J.J. Abrams, the writer producer behind Lost, behind Alias, behind all those kind of things. Yep. Fringe and. 
He's reimagined Star Trek with a sequel slash prequel, according to him. Right, and and that's the that's the funny thing was because I went into this thinking that it was a it was a straight up prequel, and I'm completely delighted and fascinated by what it actually was, and we'll get to that in a second. Right. So going into also it, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about yeah, the film. Yeah, so yeah. So going into it, Josh couldn't care less. You're ready just to see a movie. Like, what were your expectations? Like, you just want to, you know. I had no expectations from a from a fan standpoint. I was glad you didn't go into it eye rolling all the way. I no, thought you no, no. More. Because the thing was, I saw the trailer and I thought, oh, actually, it doesn't look so bad. Yeah. You know, and and the thing is, the, the other thing, I'm not a big J.J. Abrams fan either. Right. A lot of nerds think he's the second coming right now. Yeah. You know, everything he they look, I, I'm kind of ambivalent about him. You know right. what I mean? Especially from a filmmaking standpoint. You know, it's not like Mission Impossible Three was the greatest thing I ever saw. Right. You know, so. We did, I, like, we did like Felicity, though. I, you did. I never won. No, you, when you say we, you mean my wife. <laughs> you and her are like Felicity. And me. And you. Oh, I love yeah. Felicity. Okay. Right, so, okay. So, but you, the trailer looked good. And, yeah, yeah, I was like, you know what? It looks game. like it could be entertaining. So, what the heck? So, going into it, were, Connor, were you worried? Uh, a little. But like Josh said, the trailers were really fun. Yep. And I was really excited. But at the same time, my biggest concern was the original characters are so iconic. They're iconic more than almost any other sci-fi character, especially Kirk and Spock. Yeah. That recasting them with new actors to me at first was the idea of that was illogical. Yeah, it's a it's nice, a nice, bold well it's a bold experiment it's in the idea of too. like finding that line of what is caricature, mm-hmm. and what is impersonation, and what is channeling, and, and yeah. what is in, yeah. yeah. And and that and that's the thing. My worry was is that was was that you know like I, I knew I knew the only this is a great decision because that was this is. Easily the best time of Star Trek of all the show of all the shows like the original series right. like that was the one that had the most potential and all this kind of stuff and it ended earlier than it should have and all that kind of stuff but I was just worried about how do you go back knowing about all the baggage and all the stuff that happens right. after it but I, I agree it looked great uh, you know I love the cast the casting of a lot of I mean the the Siler Zachary Quinto Spock yeah. it was the obvious one which is back when he was on Twenty Four we joked that yeah he looked like a Vulcan yeah yeah, yeah so. Um, so that was great. So I went into it very, very excited, but you know, but of course, always a little worried. You know what? I haven't had this much fun at the movies in a long time. I want to see it again and again and again and again and again. And again. <laughs> I started watching the original series. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yep. Josh liked this movie so much; it's got him to watch the original series. That's amazing. This might be the best, the, the best like big summer movie I've seen in a, in a couple, while, a couple of years. Like the, that, I want to go see again. Like I can't wait. I'm going to take my dad to go see it this weekend, and I just can't wait to see it again to fill in all those kind of things. Here's what I can tell you. Uh, if you if you've been around my fanboy a bit, you've probably heard that I'm the guy who doesn't like fun. Right. Yes. Which is bullshit. <laughs> to be honest, like it's stupid. Right. Because the fact is, a movie's got to be really good, and if it is, you'll have fun with it. And that's exactly what happened with me here. I didn't find myself wanting to examine it, and and, and well, is this a good story point? Or I was just like, woohoo, we're going. It was. We're having fun, and I'm I'm sure that if you were to look for plot holes, or if you were to check out like. There were, you know, there were lots of happy coincidences that happened. But that's the nature of Star Trek, too. I know, but yeah. I didn't care. I'm, right. like, I'm having exactly. fun, yeah, whatever. Because they, they did it right, yeah. Yes. I think, first and foremost, you have to talk about the cast. The cast, it's almost perfectly ca- cast yeah. in terms of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody was winning in their roles. Well, and- yeah, what was so funny was that, because like we said, you know, so Zachary Quinto nailed it. That was fine. Yep. The chick who played Uhura was good. Um, the, one, the, one, the two that I were worried about was McCoy and Kirk, because right. honestly, those are the ones where I didn't connect who was playing McCoy and even if I did, I don't think it would have made sense. And Carl Urban nailed McCoy. I was halfway through the movie. Yeah. And, like, I was familiar... You know, like, I'm familiar with, with who, who everybody looks like and what yeah. they sound like from the original show. Right. And I'm watching it, and, and it's funny, because that was the one point where everybody else is sort of laughing in the theater. I'm like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. But I was halfway through the movie, and I go, 
Oh, it's Carl Urban. <laughs> like it didn't yeah. didn't occur. To Carl me. Urban's was, McCoy was fantastic. He, he he injects a lot of life when he shows up into the and and, he, and again he wasn't in doing a, an impression no. of, of DeForest Kelly. He wasn't doing. He was just channeling McCoy. Right. You know, which is great. The cantankerous sort yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. And 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 yes, the throwaway like damn it, I'm damn it, I'm a doctor, not a physicist, and like Vulcan and, and, mind. And, and yeah, and he kept on saying damn it, which was great, and yeah, and the green blood, and yeah, right. but he he did it in a way that wasn't grown worthy. And then you look at Kirk. Kirk was the one I was really, really worried about. That's what everybody was, yeah. And I don't know at what point in the movie, but it was early on. I think I looked at you and I just like nodded. I was like, <laughs> he, this, he, this kid did it. He did it. Yeah. Like, he, was, he was Kirk. It was like he channeled Kirk. Like, I believe I'll, it. I'll tell you one of the turning points of me sort of being excited about this movie is probably a few weeks ago, somebody wrote in because we've been talking about if somebody could play Captain America. Right. And somebody said, well, did you check out this Chris Klein kid? He's going to play Shatner or what, Kirk. Kirk. Whatever. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. And, and I thought, oh, whatever. No big deal. I saw a movie that Pine did called Bottle Shock. A little, little movie about the Napa wine industry in, in, in yeah. the 70s. And I watched it going, he's good. He was really good in that movie. Totally different kind of character. So, like, coming into it, I, I had... You had better good, hopes good, Yeah. So, um, the, he, he just nailed it. He was great. He channels Kirk's swagger. Yep. And, and without and doing, he doesn't do a Shatner impressionation. No. He just does a he just does the a charming com- swagger and cocky. And he did it in one line near the end. The very last scene, he did yeah, a, he yeah. did Shatner. We said bones, which yeah. was I thought great because it was yeah. a nice touch. And 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 the, the the swagger, the confidence, the cockiness, the way he sits the, in the chair. Yeah, yes, but the, yeah, exactly. The way he sat in the chair and the, the 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 way he you know like during the they showed the Kobayashi Maru, which was you know, you know what I was a little surprised and kind of disappointed only because. It's built up such a big yeah. myth, and it's almost would never it would never reach yeah. whatever you've had in your mind. That. The Kobayashi that was the test that he took in the the, okay. the story the, of that. Cheated. The Kobe, the Kobe, all we knew of the Kobayashi Maru that was that in Starfleet, the Kobayashi Maru was the unbeatable test, uh-huh. and that Kirk was the only person in Starfleet history to ever beat it, mm-hmm. and nobody knows how he'd beat it. And then in the later movies, he he admits that he cheated, that he reprogrammed he reprogrammed right. the test to put him, and that exemplified how Kirk always finds a way. Kirk always, right. you know, Kirk, that, it was a no win scenario. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk never is, accepts Kirk is no the win. Batman of the Star Trek universe. Right. <laughs> and um, and so they actually showed it, which you're right. I was a little, uh, but then that we find out the Spock was the architect of it and how it tied into it. And all no, no, it was and it, it was yeah. a fine scene, and I thought yeah. he was Chris Pine was great in the scene, sitting yeah. there eating, eating an apple, apple yeah, during. It's, it's okay. He <laughs> had the, he had that he had the Kirk attitude there, yeah. but. And then at the very very end, when he takes when he take, at the when the movie ends, when he takes the captain's chair, yeah. and it was just like, oh, it was great. But um, but this, that gets to the story. I mean, right. um, what I think honestly, aside from the cast and the acting, was the story and the, the script or whoever the, the dude who wrote it. The, the two guys who wrote it. The two guys who wrote it. Brilliant. What they did was the whole story focuses on some Spock is in the in present day or whatever, like two hundred years in the future. Um, Romulans are th- uh, threatened to uh, ro- the planet Romulan is going to explode. Romulus. Uh, Romulus. And so Spock goes to ha- help them and fails, and the planet ends up exploding. Right. And so then this this offshoot Romulan mining ship has got Eric Bana playing the crazy kind of leader. Oh, really? which is a fantastic production design of this ship. Yes. Oh, it was amazing. It's yeah, a yeah. big and scary no. ship. Yeah. And as soon as you see it, you know. That's not good. <laughs> and, so, and so both Spock and these Romulans get sucked into the uh, black hole and get sent back in time. And so then the, these Romulans, hellbent on revenge, go out to destroy Vulcan and and make Spock suffer for what he did and all that kind of stuff. In doing that, 
it created a and they mentioned the thing they created an alternate reality because time has now changed everything changed everything Kirk, changed Kirk's father gets killed right at the beginning when he didn't Spock, Vulcan gets destroyed Spock's mother dies yeah. and like as the movie's watching I, now as I'm watching the movie I'm like oh so that's a time story so they're gonna do this whole thing and then they're gonna go back to the present day and everything's gonna re- get reset no they didn't they didn't because the, the moment Spock's mother died that was the moment where I'm like wait a minute Spock's moms didn't die and that's when I realized that oh shit they might keep this they're going to keep this and that's how they're re, re- starting the franchise they're, re- they're rebooting it by creating a multiverse exactly exactly they so, created a Star Trek it multiverse was a retcon. every it was a retcon yeah it was, I mean it, so everything that happened that we've seen today in the in the, in the movies in the next generation all still valid all still valid. it's just a different different reality different branch, and I love it I'm they totally schismed it into a different reality which was Give nice me ten more movies is there, is there do you guys know if there's any plans for more of these oh no, there will be no, I'm sure they all <laughs> sign oh. this is yeah. this is Paramount's money train. I'm sure yeah, they uh-huh. sign multi-picture deals for everybody, but yeah. and I, I I would be shocked if this isn't a huge film. Yeah. I mean, it's every review I've seen is glowing. It's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. I I wanted to see it right away again. All ages. I mean, like it, it just. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it. it, it I, I like everything. It. Yeah. Josh loved Josh it. Josh. It. Yeah. Um, Josh doesn't I, like anything. And I. I don't like you. Jo- there, there was the moment. There was a moment. Josh. I don't I, like you either. Eh, well, whatever. <laughs> Blow me. There was a moment where Josh and I looked at each other. Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood is like. An, plays a, Captain a, it's Pike. like an accent on a girl. Yeah. It instantly makes any project you're in 10% better. Yes. Right? Bruce Greenwood plays Pike. Depending on the accent. Meant for an accent. Not Minnesota. Not so Not Indiana Stripper. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he's he just lends his gravitas to the role of Pike. That is really, really nice. And he's 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 good in every project I see him yeah. in. But he's, he was great. Everybody was great casted. Simon Pegg as Scotty was great. Although I wish there had been more of him, he comes yeah. in. He comes in late in the film, but yeah. I kept going, "Where's Where's Scotty?" Because yeah. I was looking for. You know what though? You you got to you got to respect them in a way. Simon Pegg's kind of one of the biggest actors in the movie. Yes, yeah. And they didn't they write didn't it over, in such yeah. a way that that he didn't overshadow it. Use him a lot. Yeah. He was yeah. there, and he was he was good. He yeah. was really good. He was very funny when he shows he up. He was, and it's it's funny. I was watching because he like you're watching how he's able to play comedy mm. compared to other people, and he's really good at it. Yeah. There, were, I think there are a couple of bits where, and this probably is what you guys would consider Star Trek. There was a couple of bits where it got a little goofy. Like it, I'm tr- I'm trying to remember specifically, and I, I don't off the top of my head. But there are just a couple of moments of like sort of farcical lightheartedness. With the little midget guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that was a little strange. Like but, but, but Star Trek: The Original Series had that. I mean, the whole and, and I, episode. I realized yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, but um, there, there, it was definitely a show with that had a sense of humor at times. It could be serious at times. Mm-hmm. Um, had great action too. I mean, the, the, yeah. the battles in space between the between the ships, and then oh, well, even the hand to hand stuff. And the, there's a shootout with phasers. I mean, there's there the, were a lot of ledges. Yes, yeah, a lot of ledges. Kirk will jump falling. off that edge without looking, and then, right. they're, then they're going to drive that home by having to hang on as many ledges as possible. There were as many ledge jumpings in this as there were uh, anguish screams toward the sky in Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, they, I was I was glad to see. And we were talking about this earlier. The, uh, historically, Star Trek has always been very linear, and they actually had the ship moving like upside down. I did like that a lot. Yeah. How in the space yeah. battles, everybody yeah. wasn't facing the same on the same axis. Star they were Trek in. has always been on the x-axis, even the ne- even stuff like that. They never yeah. really go up or down or around. But the the space battles looked like it was almost like, like dog fights. Yeah, yeah. They, they were they were, really they were and they'd face each other at different angles, angles which was yeah. nice. It yeah. wasn't like there, there was a little bit. Uh, in some of the action scenes, there was a little bit of the the more uh, modern technique of I just made air quotes in case you're not looking at me, of of 
doing action scenes very close up yes. and very fast, yeah. which makes it a little hard to follow. Or the, for that first scene, yeah, was that, that, the fight. I, I was I was worried in that scene because I was like, whoa! But I think you were supposed to not know what was going. Maybe, on. And, yeah, the, and that's yeah. fine. But I yeah. it, that's a, that's a also habit. in the fight in the bar, the Kirk fight. With the, yeah, that filmmakers yeah. have that I don't like. I don't it's, like that either. Like it was like Transformers. Was but right everybody, does, I mean, even the Dark Knight, and yeah. everybody yeah, does the close up fight. Fight. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Was, okay, was there anything bad about the movie? I didn't. I didn't not like anything. I really didn't. I just mentioned the things that I. <laughs> I didn't yeah, but there, there, but there was nothing. I mean, it's not. It's, no, it's not a perfect film. It's not. It's, it may not even be a great film. I, I don't know yet. But, but I didn't care. It is so yeah. much fun it was that it so doesn't. Much fun, yeah. I, it may be a great film. I need to see it the again. Ship looked great. The I mean, like everything. All the little. I know the that, purists yeah. may really hate it. But the, right. But, the but they're gonna hate anything that's different. Right. They're gonna hate anything that's different than what they remember. Well, what I, Purists hated the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. You well, know, it's a that, very that, that good chronology was all fucked. Oh, up. all right. Quiet. It's you know what? It's very it's a very good analogy to put it with Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings is one of those movies where if you look around at the castings of different people, you go, well, everybody sort of Carl Urban got it where they were like they yeah they like, nailed the casting exact. Right. They yeah. really got the casting and they got the feel for everything right. And even if all the details weren't exactly the same, like it. Recreated the feeling of of what it had come from, yeah. Yeah. and I assume this would have. I mean, there was there wasn't a weak spot like that, right? And even this, even the production design, people were making fun of it, calling it the Apple Bridge because everything was white and bright. Right. But like it, it looked great. And then one of the, you know goofy things about the old show is. There was nothing in the awful. bridge, well, and, and that was and that was also part of the, the allure of the movies was to see how things change. Because if you look at, I mean, if you look at the Enterprise, there have been what the, like the Next Generation is seventeen oh one D, and then and then through all the movies, they, the they blew, yeah, yeah. I think they're up to F or whatever. So there's all these different iterations of the ship. And for me, I was like, ooh, I want to see what they did, how, how they made. Yeah, the I, ship thought, I thought the production design and was great. The fact that it's now a alternate reality makes sense that it doesn't look exactly like right. the original series one, and, and you know, I, I don't know. And, and you make it certain, you, you got to make it somewhat modern for today's audience and today's right. people. And, you know. I love the fact that they kept the old school 60s designs of the uniforms because yep. one of the things I always didn't like about the, the movies yeah. was that they went to that new red yeah, that where I love the old shirts yeah. and I love that and the skirts are there which mm-hmm. yep. they never really you know just that's what it is and I liked the whole the design it looked great the acting was great you know I, I was surprised I have a hard time finding any flaw with I think the only flaw you had was the, the music which I found interesting well no well no I mean I, I was worried when the movie started that it didn't start with the classic theme. Uh-huh. Uh, but then they used it at the end, which made more sense and, yeah. and, and was great and a great way to end it. And that was, you know, kind of it was funny because I thought about it during the film. I was like, seventy five percent through, I thought, wow, they're not going to use any of the music right. cues. Yeah, exactly. This yeah, is, yeah. This is, like, that's a bold they choice. They use the sound effects. They use yeah. some of the sound like, effects. Like, uh, do they use those in the in the movies? Like the uh, doors and the, yeah, yeah. yeah. I noticed like the... I noticed them immediately because they sounded old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the old airplane two, <laughs> the airplane two joke with Chatner when he was on the moon base. Yes. <laughs> the, the way you open the doors by saying shh, shh, the doors open. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I was hard pressed. Honestly, I was hard pressed to walking out of it as a Star Trek fan. I wanted to immediately go back and see it again. Yes. So it was. I think that it was. They really did a good job of bringing it to, into the modern age and making it accessible for. I mean. It's cliche to say accessible for younger viewers because Star yeah. Trek has that. Star Trek has the uh, the allure of being for old. Yeah, it's old. Dudes. It's old well, yeah. let me ask you this. Here's a, here's a discussion question. Now, when I think of Star Trek and I think of their rabid fans, I think of these of people who are into a story that has a, a greater meaning than just an action story. There's a lot of There's usually allegory involved. Allegory, what you know, allegory? cultures, you know, how how people interact with one another. It didn't feel like a lot of that. It felt like an action movie. Well, the movies have, tend to be action films, whereas okay. the shows yeah. usually are the, where they out because they can tell you tell different stories in the in the series as opposed to the films. Okay. Um, the although the films had light ones, I mean, there was always a Klingon 
the Klingons were always al allegorical to the Soviets. Mm -hmm. yeah. So like when the when when the Soviet Union fell, that's when they had the Klingon uh, Empire fall, fall yeah. and the same sort of thing. They they had built up their army at the expense of everything else, so they collapsed. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, that was the allegory in the films. Really, it was the Soviet U.S. relations. But the more wider race racism and all the stuff that they did in the series really you couldn't only do in the the hot green chick. It was a hot green chick. There was a hot green chick. So there's that. There's an Ahura Spock romance. There's lots of interesting things. Um, you know, they hit all the little. There's nuggets in there for the people who know them, but they're not hitting little, over their head with little them. Little things like at the end of the movie, how Pike is in a wheelchair, yeah. and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, like, and and they they just like little things that that would go over, not not in a mean way, but go over Josh's head, but totally hit well, a chord with the, you know, to, <laughs> totally hit a chord with me or you, where it's yeah. just like you know it's a little nod back to the show, but it, it doesn't, you know. And 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 Leonard Nimoy's in it, and yeah, and he's getting old. He's getting old, yeah. and 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 but but to be fair. You couldn't have had Shatner do that. No. Because he's a little round man now. <laughs> Although, yeah. right, the big controversy was Shatner got pissed because they didn't ask him to be in the film, but they asked Leonard anymore. Mm -hmm. But Leonard and, was part of the story. Right, but, you know Shatner, he wants to be in it. And he can't stand that they're doing Trek without him. Right. And especially doing Kirk without him. Yeah. And I kept hoping throughout the film yeah. that it was just a ploy... Like the time when George Clooney said he wasn't going to be in the air when Juliana Margulies left and then he popped up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can we talk about that? No. <laughs> um, and even to the final scene, I was like, oh, he's going to show up. Yeah. But he never did, and I was heartbroken. Yeah. But so that's the, the he one wouldn't have fit, though. I don't care. I wouldn't have cared. You know the scene where, where Nimoy's overlooking the ceremony? Yeah. If the camera Shatner had pulled back and Kirk had been there, I wouldn't have yeah. cared. Yeah, it wouldn't have to make sense. <laughs> it ripped, no, but it would have ripped you right out of the, it. The no. one thing that did drive me a little nuts was, so so in this in now this new timeline, Vulcan is destroyed. Only about 10,000 people made it off the planet. Right. And future Spock is stuck in the past, and he's going to go off and help the Vulcans find a new a new colony. So you've got two Spocks running around, and in one scene they talk to each other, mm. which always you can't talk to yourself. Like that, <laughs> like I was so glad they didn't touch. Like, I was afraid, because like, matter can't the whole that whole paradox. Argument, but, yeah. Yeah, exactly, but um, but whatever. Well, it's, there's it's Star Trek there's funny stories from the from the the set about. Nimoy being there and freaking out Quinto and freaking out J.J. Yeah. Abrams and he was like how can I tell Nimoy how to say a line that's yeah. Spock yeah, he yeah. is Spock like yeah. you, mm -hmm. yeah. and it was you know it's there's the, the, the legend is so large and it was, yeah. it was ballsy just to make the film yeah great job great job good job good job all around I can't wait seen it again and again and again and you know it's this is going to be the one where we think well finally people won't get mad everyone will hate it yeah exactly yeah, we don't <laughs> know what we're like. talking about yeah, we, we're totally buying into the hype so, all right. No, it, I don't. I don't know. I was. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a well-made film. Yeah. And you know, was, I thought it was nicely paced for an action film. No, it was great. I mean, the time I never looked at my watch. It was. It was perfect. It was perfect movie. Perfect movie. Perfect. <laughs> well, that and we'd seen Wolverine the day before, so yeah, sure. I hadn't seen it yet at that well, point. So yeah. that's unfortunate. You had to see it in that order. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it made it look much better. <laughs> so, um, so head over to ifanboy.com. There'll be a discussion thread about this episode, about this uh, podcast, where you talk about Star Trek. We want to hear what you think of it. Um, and uh, and so next movie is Transformers. Transformers or GI Joe? Yeah, Transformers Vito. two, I think. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw the trailer for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So until then, or until next week for the Pick of the Week podcast that you normally tune in here. Um, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm. Josh. You've been waiting all show to do that. No, I haven't. It just came to me just then. <laughs> nanu, nanu. Oh shit! No, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs>